and welcome back to the Hard Feelings Podcast, a mental health podcast where we talk about anxiety and depression, aka hard feelings. I'm so happy to have you back here this week. If you like my makeup today, I do have all of the makeup details listed in the YouTube description box. If you are listening and you're curious, come on over to YouTube, come on over to Instagram and check out some of my makeup content too. I use creative makeup as an outlet for my anxiety and it's just so much fun. So if you're into that stuff, I will link all of that stuff down below. And if you missed last week's episode, I talked about taking social media breaks and how wonderful they are. And as I'm recording this, it is Monday. So I am just coming off of my social media free Sunday. And let me just tell you, it was another one for the books. It was so good. Oh my gosh, I had a very productive day yesterday and I do not associate my value with productivity. Let's get that straight. But I did get rid of a lot of junk yesterday and man oh man did it feel good so yeah definitely go check out that episode after this one if you missed it but let's talk about what we're going to be talking about today which is health anxiety that's right we're getting into the nitty-gritty categories of anxiety as always quick disclaimer i'm not a therapist i am not a psychiatrist so i am not giving you any medical advice i am just sharing my experience with all of these different types of anxiety and things and I hope it's helpful to you. Anyways, like I said, today we're gonna be talking about health anxiety, which is something I feel like I've struggled with more and more into my adult life. I've always had health anxiety, anxiety. The earliest one I remember is losing teeth. I was really, really anxious about. I hated losing teeth. It just like, I, I hated the sensation of the teeth falling out. As soon as my teeth started getting wiggly, I would just rip them out to get it over with, which is like so like cringy to think about because like I would rip them out before it was ready, but I just couldn't handle having, like knowing the inevitable was coming, knowing eventually it was gonna come out, I just needed to like get it out. So that's the earliest health anxiety I had, I can remember, but now my health anxiety more revolves around thinking every single ache or pain on my body means I have cancer. So that's not fun at all, but I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. And last summer, it got really bad for me. Last summer, it was like every day. I just felt like it didn't help that I got COVID last summer for the first time. And luckily, you know, I had all my vaccines and boosters and everything. So it wasn't super bad for me. It didn't last very long but it definitely made me think that I had a lot of other ailments in the months after that. And every time I would get like soreness in my leg, my brain would tell me that means that your your blood circulation is cut off and the blood's gonna cut off to your heart and you're gonna have a heart attack. Obviously not what's gonna happen, but this is what health anxiety does to us, right? It takes one little teeny tiny thing that doesn't feel right in our body, and sometimes even that one tiny little thing is psychosomatic, right? Like the pain in my leg that I was worried about last summer went away as soon as I relaxed and forgot about it. So clearly there was nothing really to do there, but I wanna share you my experience with how I've been coping with health anxiety because I'm doing a lot better one year later than I was last summer. And the big thing for me that helped the most was just making a doctor's appointment. I had not been to a physical in five years. You know, I'm 28 years old now. I was on my parents' health insurance. I was very fortunate I got to stay on my parents' health insurance until I turned 26. So 
up until then I would just always go to the doctor when I was home my mom made my doctor's appointments even into college she made doctor's appointments for me for when I would be home on winter break and I think I had my last doctor's appointment in 2017 the year I graduated college you know because I was still going back and forth and going home and then once I graduated college and moved to New York my mom was like okay like you're still on our insurance for a couple more years but you're living somewhere else now so up to you to make these doctor's appointments which is totally fair um but being an anxious girly I just didn't because I was like ooh, I don't know how to find a doctor like I had tried looking a little bit it was hard to find someone that took my insurance in New York because the insurance my parents were on were more, was more popular in Massachusetts and I just got overwhelmed by the process. It doesn't help that a couple years later COVID hit so then places weren't open. I didn't even want to go to a doctor's office if I didn't have to because obviously I didn't want to be around sick people and it just snowballed and became this thing where another year would pass and I still hadn't gone to the doctors and another year and another year and it became this big scary thing in my mind where the first time I went back to the doctor, this is what my anxious brain is telling me, right? My anxious brain is telling me when you go to your physical for the first time, the doctor is going to find a bunch of things that could have been helped, but now it's too late because you waited too long. Uh, even though I didn't feel like I had anything physically wrong with me other than the random aches and pains that I decided were cancer, like I just, my brain told me, no, you've waited too long. So when you go back, it's gonna be too late. So don't go back so that you don't have to know. But last summer, I finally took the jump. I remember the day I had called my mom on the phone and I was telling her about this weird pain in my leg and how nervous it was making me and how I think it's just my anxiety that's making me nervous, but I'm not sure. And she was like, just go to the doctor. Like, just tell the doctor this and they can tell you if it's something actually to worry about. And I was like, wait, you mean going to the doctor's office can relieve my anxiety instead of triggering it and making it worse? Mm, I don't know about that. But luckily I listened to her. I was very fortunate that I was able to get an appointment like within a few days, but I went to the doctor and man, oh man, was I nervous. Oh my gosh, I had to force myself to eat something that morning. I remember feeling so anxious that I felt physically sick. I'm sure a lot of you with anxiety can relate to just feeling like you're gonna throw up before this event that's making you anxious. That's how I felt all morning. I was so, so nervous. I remember I got there like 45 minutes early, even though I live on the same street as my doctor. I was just so freaking nervous. And when I got there, I didn't even tell her about any of the aches and pains that had been making me nervous because I was just so anxious and just going along with the appointment. But spoiler alert, she ran a bunch of blood work because it was my first visit with this doctor and I was in perfect health and I didn't have any aches and pains or anything after that. And I think it just gave me some sort of relief knowing that a doctor had run tests on me and everything came back all good. So that'd be my first recommendation to you. Most health insurance plans will give you a free physical every year. That's pretty much a given that you can get your physical for free. So I highly recommend you do it. I know it can be scary, especially if you like me hadn't gone in a long time. I was so, I cannot convey to you the feeling that I felt leading up to this appointment. I truly thought in my mind the doctor was going to find something wrong with me and she didn't. That might not be the case for everyone. I can't guarantee that's going to be the case for you, but if you at least go to the doctor, they can find out if there's something wrong and they can help you, you know? If you keep telling yourself, oh, I've waited too long, I've waited too long, it's not worth going now, you can cut off that time that's been too long 
today when you make that appointment you know if you just keep saying it's too late for me I promise you it's not how many times do we say that to ourselves as anxious people right it's too late I've waited too long to do this I didn't respond to this person's text message two days ago so now it's been too long I can never respond to them this person called me and I didn't call them back now it's been too long I can never do that I said I was gonna reach out to this person and I didn't for a week now it's been too long that is what our anxious brain wants us to think they want us to think that we've burned these bridges and that it's too late for us and we should just give up wallow in our depression and just have that be it but it doesn't have to be right all it takes is that one step that one phone call calling the doctor's office making the appointment and it's just such a weight off your shoulders and you know obviously that that's not gonna be the case for everyone you maybe do go to a yearly physical maybe you've already gone to your yearly physical and you're hearing all of this like okay that didn't help me because I'll be the first one to be honest and say I've still had health anxiety since I had that physical last year it you know it helped me a lot in the moment but it's not something that's gonna help forever so let's talk about what we can do for our health related anxiety in the moment that it's happening I'm gonna start off by telling you something not to do don't google your symptoms no 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 I know you because if you're like me you want to google them so bad you want to be the doctor in this moment figuring out what's wrong with you because that's what our anxiety wants right anxiety is wanting answers to something that is unknown because the unknown is scary so You've got a little pain in your lower calf. You're Googling pain in lower calf. It's telling you that you're having a heart attack and now you're having a panic attack and feeling like you really are having a heart attack. So I have never felt relieved by Googling symptoms. Have you? Tell, tell me in the comments on this YouTube video or send me a DM on Instagram if you're not watching because I'm just so curious. Have you ever actually felt relief from Googling your symptoms? Because I don't think I ever had. Because here's the thing, the internet is vague. Finding answers to health-related problems is gonna be really vague. You can Google pain in your arm and it's gonna tell you so many different things and you can't verify which one of those things is actually wrong with you if any of those things are wrong with you. So if you really are nervous and genuinely thinking that there might be something wrong with you, I highly suggest that you recruit a friend or somebody you really trust to do the research for you because they'll be able to do it with more of a clear head and take all of the circumstances into mind while they're googling that thing. I'll give you an example. I had a friend recently who felt, truly felt like he was having a heart attack. He was having a panic attack, but he truly felt like he was having a heart attack and he asked me, can you google the symptoms of a heart attack? And so I did Google that for him, but what I didn't tell him is, oh yeah, no, tightness in the chest is a symptom of a heart attack. What I told him instead was it really seems like you are having more of the symptoms of a panic attack. I've looked up heart attack symptoms and I'm not seeing a lot for you, but I really do think this is a panic attack. So why don't we take a few more minutes to do some deep breathing and drink some water? And if you're still not feeling good, I will take you to urgent care. And guess what? After 10 minutes of some deep breathing and relaxing, their symptoms went away and they felt better because it was a panic attack that was caused by the snowballing effect of feeling like there's something wrong with you and then panicking further and further and further. But if that person had sat there and looked up those heart attack symptoms on their own, yeah, they would have seen some symptoms that followed up with them because 
Unfortunately, there is a lot of crossover between panic attacks and heart attacks. It sucks, but they're very different things. And obviously a panic attack is way less risky to your actual health. And I don't wanna tell anyone if you think you're having a heart attack to not take it seriously, because you definitely should. But I just think it's helpful to have that in-between person there, because I'm also trying to think about your wallet, right? <laughs> like, if we all just run to the ER every time we are having a panic attack and think it's a heart attack, we're gonna be paying a lot of money. Jeez, this, ex this insurance fees can be really expensive, at least here in the US. I don't know what it's like in other countries. But it's just good to have that buffer person, right? Whether that person is a parent, a partner, a somebody you trust, a family member, or a friend. I would try to find someone who, you know, maybe has experience with anxiety themselves because I felt like that made me a good candidate to help my friend who felt like he was having a heart attack when he was really having a panic attack because I recognized the signs as somebody who's had panic attacks before. So yeah, that'd be my greatest recommendation is to find a friend who can be a buffer for you. Let them Google the symptoms because you know what they're not gonna do? They're not gonna Google them and just read out the worst possible scenario right away right? Like we do to ourselves. I know that's what I do to myself. Oh, I have a little bit of soreness in my throat. I'm Googling throat soreness. I'm seeing throat cancer and I'm panicking. Like that is what our anxious brains do. They go to the worst possible case scenario and it's not good for us. So it really does help to have that person who can do the research for you, but do it with more clear head. They can take the full picture into mind, right? I'm Googling throat soreness. I'm seeing throat cancer. I'm deciding that's me. But if I actually really look at the results, I only have one symptom of the throat cancer and I don't have any of these other things, you know? So it's helpful to have a person who can be more objective about it and take the full picture into mind. So I hope that helps you next time you're experiencing some health-related anxiety. Now I wanna introduce a new segment to the podcast, which I'm so excited about, and that is a coping mechanism that has been helping me lately. So today I wanna to talk to you about box breathing. Oh my gosh, it is a game changer. It literally forces your nervous system to regulate itself. It's absolutely incredible. And the way box breathing works is you inhale for, I usually do four seconds, hold it for four seconds, exhale for four seconds, and then hold it for another four seconds. What I love about this is you can do it anywhere, anytime, and no one's gonna notice. I do it on the train a lot because I get stressed out when I'm traveling and I also get stressed out in crowds. And oh my gosh, it just makes a world of difference. And I think it just helps to focus on one thing, right? To focus on your breathing because I know when I'm having anxiety and especially heightened anxiety bordering on a panic attack, my heart rate is speeding up. I'm manually breathing. I'm having to force myself to breathe. I'm breathing really quickly. So if I can slow down and do the box breathing, it really does help to regulate my nervous system. I believe that's like, don't quote me on this. And again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I do have a friend who is a therapist and I believe she said that box breathing does actually force your nervous system to regulate itself. Like that is one of the best things you can do in the immediate now of having an anxiety attack, having a panic attack, is do boxed breathing. And I just think it's amazing that we all have access to this tool all the time. You don't need anything. You don't have to buy anything to do it. You don't need to go into a private area. Like I said, I do it on the freaking subway in New York City. Like you just sit there and you do your box breathing and after doing it, usually I find by like the third or fourth time, I notice my, my heart rate starting to regulate again. And I'm like, okay, 
this is fine, I'm here, I'm present in the moment, and I'm gonna be okay. So I highly recommend you check out box breathing. If my explanation of it didn't make enough sense, just Google it. There's so many people who have great explanations of box breathing. People make visuals too, so you can like watch visuals like expanding and contracting and you can line up your breathing with it. Beautiful, I absolutely love it. I'll link some resources for you down below. All right, and before we wrap things up for today, I have one last little fun new segment I wanna introduce, which is a mental health related song of the week. So I listen to a lot of music that has anxiety and depression as a central topic. I mean, are we surprised? I, I'm certainly not. And last week I briefly mentioned Boy Genius and how their music has been helping me deal a lot with my anxiety and depression. And I mentioned the song Revolution Zero and I want to bring it up again because holy moly, this song just gets me, gets me right in my soul. It's so good. So I want to read you a couple of the lyrics. Obviously, I don't think I can play the song here, but I will link it down below. Please go listen to Revolution Zero by Boy Genius, which is made up of Lucy Dacus, Phoebe Bridgers, and Julian Baker. And the lyrics go, imaginary friend, you live up in my head. So I've been making music since you told me to do it. Immediately, what my brain tells me that this song, the imaginary friend she's talking about, is the voice in your head. The voice in your head that talks to you, the voice of your anxiety, the voice of your depression, how, whatever you think of this voice is, I know I have a voice that talks to me in my head. I have this internal monologue that's always going. And so I really resonated with that. And then the next line, she says, I just wanna know who broke your nose, figure out where they live so I can kick their teeth in. And to me, that comes off as, I just wanna know who hurt you, voice in my head. Because clearly this voice in our head that's always trying to protect us, always trying to keep us on the right path, keep us doing the safest thing possible, that's because that voice in our head was hurt somehow. You know, some people, I sometimes think of that voice in my head as my, my inner child, my shadow, if you will. And that voice is trying to keep us safe because they, they don't feel safe for whatever reason. Something happened to them to make them anxious, to make them feel like they need to protect us in this way. So I really love that line. There's another line where she says, I don't wanna die, that's a lie, but I'm afraid to get sick. I don't know what that is. And if that line doesn't just hit you so hard, like what we've been talking about, there this whole episode, I'm afraid to get sick. I don't know what that is. Health anxiety is this horrifying thing where yeah, sometimes when we have anxiety and depression, you know, depends on the person. Death scares the heck out of me still. I don't think I would say I don't wanna die. That's a lie. I don't wanna die. That's a truth. But what's even scarier than that is getting sick. Getting sick scares us all, right? Because it, it means giving up some control. It means having to surrender to the unknown. And that's the whole, whole point around anxiety, right? Is this fear of the unknown. And when you get sick, unless you yourself are also a doctor that's educated in the exact disease that you have, you do kind of have to surrender to the unknown. You have to give power to other people to help you because you cannot help yourself and that's so scary. And so I love that she put that line in here, I'm afraid to get sick, I don't know what that is. And the last line I wanna talk about in the song that I really love is when she says, if it isn't love, then what the F is it? 
I guess, let me just pretend. And to me, I, I think that's still referring to that voice in your head, that voice of anxiety. Like, you know, it's easy to just say like, ah, oh, this voice is a, is a jerk, you know? So I used to refer to the voice in my head as that, like, ugh, that voice is so annoying. That voice, get that voice out of here. Like, she's not me. She's not a part of me. But if you really think about it, that voice, is the part of you that's trying to protect you and is that not love you know i think that that kind of gives me some comfort to think about that voice of anxiety in my head like that's it's all coming from a place of love it's all coming from a place of wanting the best for us and even though we can't always agree with that voice in our head the more we learn to love it and the more we learn to you know trust our intuition that's what i'm working on right now is instead of letting the voice in my head scare me and push me further and further back on my mental health journey. I want that voice and I to work together. I want that voice to be able to be the voice of my intuition and tell me when I'm on the right path, tell me when I'm doing the right thing, give me the courage, give me the confidence to keep moving on this path rather than to hold me back. And what's more love than that? I just, I think it's absolutely beautiful. Can you guys please go listen to Revolution Zero? Just go listen to Boy Genius in general. So many of their songs are mental health related and they're just absolutely beautiful. I'll probably start building a playlist of mental health songs if you're interested. But yeah, I think that's gonna wrap up the episode for this week. Man, oh man, I had a lot more than I thought I had to say about health anxiety. But what can I say? If I had like a pie chart of all of the things I'm anxious about, health, it's like a third. It's a big, big hearty chunk. Big, big two slices of pie for my health anxiety because that is how bad it gets sometimes. Shout out to Prozac. It's helped a lot, but man, oh man, Ooh, that health anxiety can be a doozy sometimes. But I'd love to hear how you guys are dealing with your own health anxiety. Please reach out to me on, if you're watching this YouTube video, leave me a comment. I'm gonna put a link to my NGL in the show notes of the Apple Podcast and Spotify version of this. That way you can ask me questions anonymously if you want to. I'll put it in the description of YouTube too if you wanna give me any anonymous comments. Um, I do wanna make another video in the near future talking about my journey with antidepressants again, answering your specific questions. So feel free to use that NGL link to ask anonymous questions if you like. And I just appreciate you so much for being here. And I thank you for coming on this mental health journey with me. I know it's hard talking about these hard feelings sometimes, but I think the more we do it, the more we remove the stigma around it. And that's good for everybody. So I thank you so much for listening to the Hard Feelings Podcast, new episodes every Friday, and I'll see you next week. Bye.